Yeah, Friday! Welcome to the Ranting Ring Watcher Podcast. The future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening on allows you to rate the show, please leave a four-star or five-star rating. Any rating is greatly appreciated. This is episode 96. We're not going to hold anything back. Let's get into this! Journey updates. All right, guys, we are down 0.6 this week. For the month of June, we are down a total of 4.6 pounds. Pounds lost total since January 2019 is 150.8 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to milestone 175 is 24.2 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to milestone 200, 49.2 pounds. It's been a great month, man. The month of June, (laughs) you You know, it's just, uh, you can't ask for better than this. You cannot ask for better than this. I've been spending a lot of time reflecting since I hit the 150 milestone. Reflecting on so many things. Where I came from, where I'm going. I mean... Just literally every every little aspect, all of the little details that ever went on in my journey, I've been thinking about all of it. Almost constantly thinking about how did I get to this point? How did I get to create such wonderful success in my life? And then I thought about what caused all of this? What caused the problem to begin with? And I think about sometimes when it comes to my family's health, when it comes to the family, the history, the the health history of my family, it doesn't look too good. We have diabetes, we have high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, Parkinson's, the list goes, is, is pretty deep. So many of the things I feel like can be controlled. A lot of them. And so it got me thinking. When they talk about hereditary conditions all the time, is this just another way they have figured out? Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that there actually are hereditary conditions. But of the things we can control, of those things... Are they really hereditary? How many of the things that we say are hereditary are actually hereditary? And maybe for some people, they actually are hereditary. 
But I think the health of those people besides that would tell you that story if they actually are hereditary. Like, for instance, if a perfectly healthy man walks around with high cholesterol and high blood pressure and he walks and he eats healthy and all this stuff, you could easily say, if his parents had it, that he this is hereditary because he's doing everything right. But what about the other side of that? What if your parents and all the generations before you had these conditions but you're living a sedentary lifestyle and your eating is out of control, completely out of control. You could care less about what is going on when it comes to your health. Is it really a hereditary condition in that point? Or could we say it's a hereditary behavior? If you grew up in a household where people smoke and drank and you found yourself at a young age smoking and drinking, is that hereditary? Or is it a learned behavior? Do you see where I'm going here? With the same thing in mind. Let's think about this for a second. If eating habits are learned behavior, if you sit with your family and your family thinks it's perfectly normal to have late night snacks and make so many unhealthy choices and have it just be a normal part of life on a normal day-by-day basis, no portion control. I mean, the list is endless. How many things can you think of that would be considered an unhealthy way of living with regards to eating? And if you grew up in a household that all of these things were happening, when it came time to have your own household that you were in charge of, would you say that the behavior then could be considered hereditary? Could it be that you learned this behavior and now you can call the behavior hereditary rather than the conditions that come with it? I mean, if if your parents had high cholesterol or diabetes or high blood pressure and all of these things and all they needed to do was manage their lifestyle and they never did. And now here you are with the same learned behavior, eating the same way, living the same sedentary lifestyle as you were brought up with, now experiencing the same exact health problems. Would this be a hereditary condition or would this be hereditary behavior? Let's really, let's get, let's get in deep here. Let's really think about this. If it's something that can be controlled and I'm not even talking about control with medication. I'm talking about if you would just change your lifestyle and you could control the problems you have. And maybe if you had to be on medication for a little while, but your lifestyle got so good that you wouldn't need it and you're choosing not to, what is it? Is it really hereditary, the condition? Or is the behavior hereditary? You know, when I set out to start this whole thing, it was, I'm 40 years old 
and everything is building up. It's coming to the end of the year, right? So my birthday is in January. Um, well, let's say from September going forward, things uh, started to snowball that I wanted to get some things, you know, you know, health, I started to have some health issues and I was getting, starting to get sick and tired. I, it starts to be, my health starts to sit on my mind almost constantly. So we're talking about September, 2018. Okay. 40 years old. Some people think I'm crazy to think this way, but I think that history repeats itself in different ways. Okay. It may not take the same path to get to where it happens, but the history itself, the end result is the same. Okay. If we don't break the cycle, if we do nothing to break the cycle, then we can expect it to repeat itself. I can draw so many parallels between my father's life and my life. I mean, to the point, I could draw them so detailed that to the point where I can show you a picture of my stomach and you would see a long scar going down the middle of my stomach. And if I had a picture of my father's stomach, I could show you he had the same scar going down the very center of his stomach. Now, him and I had very different reasons for having this scar. Very different reasons. I'm not going to really get into the reasons. But we both had it. My father lived a very fast lifestyle. I mean, fast money, all kinds of things. I don't live the same lifestyle. But the same eating habits were all there. There at my, well... Uh, not exactly my heaviest. I was. I would say I was exactly the same size as my father at some points in my life. On my way up to four sixty, at some point, I. I mean, I definitely got bigger than my father, but at some point, I was the exact same size as my father was. I was the exact same height as my father was. So now you add this weird parallel of the scar being there. I mean, can you see where I'm getting at here? Where history repeats itself just in different ways, just different pathways of getting there. My father, I mean, I've told this story before, but it's all in context with how, what I'm getting to here. I promise you it's important. My father died at 44. So if I'm drawing all these parallels and I'm seeing that my behavior when it comes to my health isn't much different than my father's was at the time. I started to think about this in 2018, leading up to the new year, leading up to the holiday season and everything like that. And it got worse and worse and worse and almost to the point where it was constantly on my mind, obsessive about it. This was also the time where I was given the option to get a revision surgery. So for all of those who don't know if you're new here, I had gastric bypass surgery in 2004. In, by 2005, I went from 460 pounds to 277 pounds. I then wasted the next 15 years of my life going from 277 back to 396. 
that was when I said enough was enough, when I hit 396. Or I should say, I hit 403 in my house. But the day, a week later, I walked into Weight Watchers and I was 396. So my official start weight with Weight Watchers is 396. But what got me moving was stepping on the scale of my home and being 403 the week before. But anyway, as we're leading up to this point, there's this, this surgeon that I met in Florida was talking about revision surgeries and how people are getting the gastric bypass surgery and then coming in basically for a tune-up. We redo it and you go back on your way. It's like you're day one all over again. They just had to check some integrity of the, the original pouch that was created and see what they can do. So I went as far as getting the, I guess they call it ultrasound with contrast or you got to drink this white milky stuff and then you, you go through a machine. It's something with contrast. I forget the name of it. But anyway, so I go there. I go to, I told you how I went back to the therapist. I went, I had to go to a psychologist to get a, a psychiatric evaluation and to see, you know, just the same way as anybody who's pursuing weight loss surgery has to do. And all I kept thinking was weight loss surgery didn't help me, didn't fix me the first time because yes, it prevented me from eating. And yes, I lost weight because it prevented me from eating, but I did not change my behavior. What I put in my mouth never changed. How often I put it in my mouth did change because my stomach got smaller. I could not eat the amount of food. So I just ate smaller amounts of food more frequently. That did change. That was the one behavior change I did make. So essentially, anybody who has had weight loss surgery can manipulate a situation by eating smaller amounts of food more frequently. And if they do that, they can end up eating the exact same amount of calories that put them in the position in the first place, especially if what they're placing in that small stomach is the same food that got them in the position in the first place. Initially, there's going to be weight loss because it's so much less calories that the body has no choice but to lose weight. But all of that catches up. Eventually, you level out. And then the, because the behavior never changed, you start to creep back up. And you make every excuse in the book of why did this happen to you? Oh, I'm on a plateau. Oh, I'm all these, all these things. You've heard me talk about excuses all the time. I'm not going to get into it all. But I knew that my behavior never changed. And this is why I was in the position I was in 15 years after being post-op. So I decided right before the holidays, I didn't think I was going to do it. I said it in my head. I just don't see myself doing this again, putting myself on a, on a surgeon's table to go through this whole thing all over again. And I can't even say that I changed my behavior. If I had changed my behavior before then, maybe... Who knows? But I didn't. I was eating poorly then. 
I had to relearn behavior. So like I said, on my birthday in 2020, in 2020, I'm sorry. So like I said, on my birthday in 2019, I stepped on the scale. And that was when I saw 403. And that's when I was fed up. Enough was enough. I had my birthday party. People were visiting from out of town. My mother was here. This was before she moved to Florida. So she was here celebrating. They went home after that. And I said to my wife, we got to start. We got to go back to Weight Watchers or something. We started checking around. What could we do? Keto, all the different things that were available at the time. And I was curious about keto. You know, you hear people losing tremendous amounts of weight very quickly. And so we did our research and consulted with a few doctors. At that time, the doctor told us that he thought the best path was Weight Watchers. And then I quickly found out that my job pays for the membership of Weight Watchers 11 months of the year. And does it for every member that is under the subscriber's plan. So me and my wife go to Weight Watchers and it's on my company for 11 of the 12 months of the year. We pay for one month out of the year. So really no excuses existed anymore. Now back to my why. 44 years old now. This is the year. All of the parallels exist. So... My father died at 44, and my entire why consists of two different things, to make it to 45 and to live long enough that some stranger is not walking my daughter down the aisle when it comes time for her to get married, to not miss all of the wonderful things that having a kid is supposed to bring you. That's my why. That's why I keep doing this. That's why I fight. That's why I am forging a new path. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hello. I'm Donato Russo. And I am the Ranting Weight Watcher. I wrote an affirmation. It's called the Ranter's Creed. I dedicate that affirmation to all of you who are watching. Nothing can stand in your way because you are an unstoppable force. Your challenges crumble in your presence because you are so strong. Your insecurities no longer have power over your life because you are so confident. Your mistakes are your choices and you are okay with this because you are so intelligent. The mirror and the scale no longer haunt you 
because you are so beautiful. You can face any circumstance with unwavering support because you are so loved. The demons of your past can no longer torment you because you love yourself. All things are possible as long as you believe because God is on your side. You will achieve all of your goals, not if, but when, because you have no boundaries. You are the champion of your story because you do whatever it takes to win. No one can take what you've done away from you because you are the author and the hero of your story. Arise, champion. The victory is yours. Because you are enough. And now it's time for random facts you didn't know you needed to know with the Ranting Weight Watcher. I want to introduce you guys to a new segment on the show. You see, I realized over the past few weeks, some very old skeletons came out. Some things, some deep-seated fears of reading aloud from fourth grade came back into my life. So I decided what better way than to do what I always tell you guys to do. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. So I decided to make my fight with this fear part of the podcast. But I need your help. This segment is called Random Facts You Didn't Know You Needed to Know. And there is nothing off the table here. It has doesn't have to have anything to do with weight loss. It's just random, fun stuff. It could be funny. It could be random, just random facts about life. I don't care. You know the one thing I do care about it? It's got to be clean. Don't send me some stuff and have me read it on the air because listen, I'm not going to open this until it's time to read it. That's my promise to you. I will never open it until it's time to read it. And I will not edit any of the footage so we can truly gauge if I'm improving or not. I will read it on the fly. I will not open the file until it's time. And I want you guys to send these things by email. TheRantingWeightWatcher at gmail.com Send them over to me. And when it comes time for me to record... It will not be edited. This is my my promise to you, is that it will never be edited. It'd be the one piece of the entire podcast that is untouched. I just need your help. Anything. Make sure it's clean. K-L-E-N, come on. I'm not going to be reading some dirty stuff on there. <laughs> 
But just be a part of it with me. Be a part of my fight. You guys have told me how much I've inspired you. You have told me how much I've helped you. So I'm asking for your help now. Give me something random, funny, fun to read on the air out loud so I can defeat this problem in my life once and for all. Because one day when this podcast is the number one weight loss podcast in the world, I'm going to have to read advertisement for you guys. And I want to be good at it. Is that too much to ask? So please, help me out. I love each and every one of you. Now back to the show. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So we're talking about some reflection I've been doing over the past couple of weeks since hitting the 150-pound milestone. And I was in the Consistency Challenge group today on Facebook, and I was looking at some of the member posts during one of my work breaks, and I came across one from a member named Joan. And she writes, and I had to, I had to share this with you guys because it ties so perfectly into where I want to go with this podcast. She titled her post, Top 10 Things That Happened When I Discovered and Started Listening to the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. Number 10, my attitude changed for the positive. Number 9, I suddenly felt empowered by the Ranter's Creed. Number 8, I felt challenged to improve myself and my state. Number seven, I began to evaluate my situation and a way forward. Number six, my enthusiasm skyrocketed. Number five, I was introduced to the concept of consistency in WW and joined the RWW Consistency Challenge Group and made my first declaration. It felt scary And good. Number four, I changed my personal commitment for the long haul, especially seeing how success has played for Donato. Number three, I listened to old episodes of The Ranting Weight Watcher on my way to work every day and enjoyed the feeling that it left me with. Number two, it finally got me to stop write down my goals and all the steps that needed to be done to get there. Again, scary and the long haul thing. Number one, weight loss. Well, first I want to congratulate you, Joan, for taking all of these steps to benefit your life and your lifestyle. Because it, it, sometimes the simplest answer to something is never what people think of first. And something as simple as doing whatever the fundamentals are of a a particular system and doing them with consistency, people just don't grasp that. They think there has to be something more than that. They think that there has to be some magic formula. Oh, what are you eating? And I want to eat the same things you're eating. No, it doesn't work that way. 
If you eat the same things I'm eating, you might quit tomorrow. Listen, she got it. She did what it took. And now she's starting to find success. And if she keeps it going, she will only find more. And a few weeks from now, we have the two-year anniversary of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. And this post today from Joan inspired me to reopen the phone lines. So they're open again. And I invite you, so this is not a phone that I will pick up. This is a phone line for the show and it's connected to a virtual answering machine in which audio files will come to my email of your voice message. And I encourage you, if this show has touched you in any way, if it has inspired you, if it has made your life better, whatever it has done for you, if, if, if you feel moved to tell what this show has done for you, I invite you to call the show and to leave a voicemail because on the two-year anniversary, I would love to play your voicemails throughout the show. Now, the phone number to the show is 505-652-RANT. That's 505-652-7268. Please call. Tell us on voicemail what the show has, how the show has helped you and inspired you. And I'll play it on the two-year anniversary episode and we'll celebrate together two years of the Ranting Weight Watcher and two years of bettering our health. You know, I never knew the impact of all of this in my life. I never knew what any of this would cause. Any, I never knew what, just how far this would go, the, the ripple effect of this, how far it would go. I never knew how big this could ever be, this journey to a healthy life. You know, I never fit in anywhere my entire life. I never ever found, I mean, I had friends. In school, I had plenty of friends. But I just wasn't part of anything. If I was present when they all decided to go and do something, I was invited. Yeah, Don, come along. But if I wasn't present, no one ever thought, hey, we got to make sure Don comes. It just wasn't there. Either I was there and a part of it, or I wasn't and not a part of it. And my entire life went this way. 
I didn't really have a place where I belonged anywhere. Anywhere I went in life, I felt like a square peg going into a round hole. Everywhere my entire life. I used to joke and say, I'm the pebble in the pond. I make ripples wherever I go. When I see, when saying this now, it has taken on a completely different meaning. When you receive wonderful comments like Joan and um, all of the other email, you know, emails I receive and text messages I receive, whether they're on Instagram or Facebook that people send me, they are amazing things to receive. I never once realized that even the people I'm not expecting to be listening are listening. Now, some of you have already seen this, and I'm trying to improve the audio quality of this thing. And if I can get it nice and improved, I will add it to the show, and you'll get to hear it firsthand. But my daughter, she wrote a speech for me for Father's Day. And in that moment, I felt so amazingly proud of what she had done. I mean, the words she had, she was using, people, people would joke and say, I wrote it. And I was making her read it. And, and uh, it's amazing what they absorb, what they hear you say, and you think they're not listening. You're like, nah, whatever. I'm not getting through to them. But... It's not true. My, this journey is so big. It's affecting people across the world, number one, with this podcast. To know that it affected in my home and reached the ears of my daughter at nine years old, almost ten, I can't even begin to tell you how that feels. But I'm going to play the speech for you right now. And here it goes. My daughter's Father's Day speech. My Dad, you love me every day, no cost to me. Except Dad text full of hugs and kisses to give. You are fun, you are caring, and you make me feel like sharing. You always speak the truth. You are everything a person could ask for and more. You are beyond words. No words can describe how great you are. I could never top the unconditional love you give me every day, but I try my best. The person I am standing here today is because of the unconditional and tender love and care you have shown me every day of my life. Because of your love, I became strong and confident in who I was and who I could do and what I could do with my talents my opportunities, and my dreams. I, you have shown me through your actions how a person could be strong and resilient but have the tenderness of heart to be kind, patient, gentle, and truthful to those he or she loves. 
For this I am truly grateful, as it has given me standards from which to build my own friendships. I am so happy I was born into your arms and into your heart. You are the best dad I could ever have. I am honored to have you as a father. No matter where I go or what I do, there is always a place in my heart for you. I want you to know that no matter how old I am, I will always need you with love, Giovanna. Okay, Giovanna, if there was somebody out there right now listening to you and they were about to quit, what would you say to them? Um, this is what I would say to them. Always remember, you're braver than you think, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you believe. Oh, always remember that you are perfect just the way you are. Always love yourself. Believe in yourself. Never give up. Never give in. You can do anything you set your mind to. Do the work and you will succeed. Do everything easy and your life will be hard. Do everything hard and your life will be easy. However long it takes to get what you want, do the work and you will have and have the patience and you will get what you want. Don't take the easy way out. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Believe in your ideas, your your goals and your dreams. Don't let anyone make you feel like you're a nobody. Now, I want you guys to understand something. What you just heard, when I asked my daughter candidly, what would you say to somebody who you, if they heard you, they're about to quit, what would you say to them if you knew they were about to quit? And she wanted to go downstairs and get something. So I said, okay, go. And she comes back upstairs with a notepad. And she opens the notepad. And I said, well, what's this? She had an affirmation that she wrote to herself. And when you heard her answer, what would you say to someone who, who was about to quit? She read that affirmation to all of you. I just want, I just want to make sure you, I, I don't want you thinking that I wrote this because I did not write that. And I know it sounds hard to believe, but I got, I got nothing to gain from this. Uh, she has everything to gain. I mean, that that was amazing. Amazing. It just goes to show you. Earlier in this episode, I had said that when I set out to do all this, I had no idea just how big this would all become. And when I think about it, it's only just beginning. And the crazy part is, all of you listening to the sound of my voice right now, this show, 
everything, it's just the icing on the cake. Even the success I have found in pursuit of a healthy lifestyle isn't the miracle that is the biggest part of all this. The biggest part of this entire thing is the fact that every generation before me is going to be different than every generation after me. Because somehow, somewhere, someplace along the way, the little ears of my nine-year-old daughter started to absorb the message that when you work hard and you do everything you need to do to achieve what you want to achieve, everything you want can be yours as long as you do all that is required to achieve it. And when I think about her generation and how the, the overwhelming majority of that generation will waste their time giving excuses as to why everybody else has prevented them from achieving what they're supposed to achieve in life. She will be the leader that rises above them all because it takes someone who was instilled in them by example. That's what true leadership is. It is by example. It is not do as I say, not as I do. And so what I need you to grasp most out of all of this is the generation watching you. Are they watching do as I say, not as I do? Or are they watching do by my example and you will succeed? The choice is yours. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.